0: Thank you for signing up to this free workshop with Coach Mike, myself, and Coach Jason. What we're going to talk to you about are practical tips on exactly what we talked about, giving yourself a 10% raise. So Jason, could you please explain to the people what giving yourself a 10% raise means?
1: Absolutely. It is kind of funny when you think about giving yourself a raise, right? Unless you own the company, how are you going to give yourself a raise? Basically, we came up with this because you can give yourself a raise, in theory, because saving money is just like making money when it comes to our personal finances. You can't give yourself a 10% raise by writing a check, or maybe you can't walk into your boss or your manager and demand a 10% raise on your salary. That's a different lesson and a different uh, topic. So we wanted to, to switch that up and say, how do we give ourselves a raise by doing these things? getting organized with your money, becoming more efficient with your money. And that means we're paying attention to what's happening by the money that's coming in and the money that's going out. If we do that, then we will will be reducing the wasted spending that all of us have, regardless of how good we handle money. We all have these wasted spending uh, areas. And by doing all that, you're reducing the amount that's going out the door. So in essence, you are giving yourself because you're in control of your spending, that 10% raise or more. You know, Some people can give themselves a significantly larger uh, savings rate, but we're focusing on 10% because one, it's easy math, and two, most of us can do some kind of efficiency uh, practices to uh, get that 10% of our income. So that's what we're meaning when we say, give yourself a 10% raise. And it's all about efficiency and about getting organized with your money. So, with that being said, like how how are we going to start this? Like, like okay, somebody's very interested in this. W- where does this start?
0: Exactly. Uh, let's talk about the wasted spending of both you and I, just so that we can be relatable, <laughs> because like you said, like you said, we all do this. And for myself, I know that I spend ten percent more. When it comes to groceries, right? I go in, I'm looking at a deal and I want to go in and I want to buy three bananas, five bananas for the week, whatever it is. And this is real life. I will go in and they'll have a box that's on sale. So I'll buy the entire box for 10, 15 bucks instead of just the $2 I wanted to spend. Right. So I'm already just spending a lot more than 10% on just bananas. Right. So I have to limit myself. And it's exactly what Jason and I are going to do with these through these videos is how we limit these things. Specifically with me and groceries, I have to put in place thresholds so I don't spend more. And that is cash. And again, we'll go into details into that. But please, Jason, where's one place in your life that you spend 10 percent
1: more? So that's that's really interesting. I want to caveat before I reveal all of my awful money mistakes that I make. It's this is one of the things in this workshop. We're not the people that are going to tell you to live on nothing and to spend nothing. We don't want you to just like suffer through life because you have to give everything up. That's not what we're talking about. We actually want you to spend money. We want you to spend money on the things that are important to you and are very valuable and uh match, align with your value system. That's what we want you to spend money on. What we're talking about here is the extra stuff that you could be doing because you have other priorities. And that's the reason why we're doing this. So now to reveal some of my things. So kind of like you, Mike, I have this propensity to find the deal. I love deals. I'm a big bulk store person. So uh, Costco is kind of my deal. And I will drive to Costco to support Costco, like they need my support, right? To support Costco and to support my addiction to Costco. And it is multiple miles or multiple kilometers away. In my case, now I'm in Canada to get gas because it's cheaper. So for example, if you have a 10 cents savings on Costco gas, and I'm like, oh, well, I'm running low. I'm going to go pop over to Costco and get gas because it's cheaper. I'll drive multiple miles away to waste gas in order to buy the same gas at a cheaper price. But then if I really did the math, I'm really not saving that much money because it's if it's 10 cents a gallon, for example, or you know, here in Canada, it's liters, if you're saving ten cents and you fill up with, you know, ten uh, gallons, then you're saving a dollar, but you just burned more than a dollar of gas to go to the place to save a dollar. Right? That's the kind of thing that is wasted. But again, on on the flip side, if you're already going to Costco, if I'm already going to Costco to do my weekly shopping, then it makes sense. You just get the gas there. But I'm talking about that wasted spending of, wow, well, oh, I've got to get gas. Uh, I don't really have a shopping trip in mind, but I'm just going to go because I need the gas and it's cheaper, so I'm going to drive that long way in order to get the gas, and I didn't really save money. So that's one example of what I tend to do uh, in in that instance is I, I waste money in gas to get the deal because I just am obsessed with that deal. And again, same thing with your bananas, right? It's like, oh, they have a deal, so I'm going to spend more dollars even though I'm getting a better deal, sometimes it doesn't really work. The The actual dollars that go out of your bank account or uh, on your debit card or whatever is going to be more than what you've planned. And that's an example of dozens of ways where I waste money. Yes.
0: And thank you for sharing that. Now, switching gears and talking about why do you want that 10% raise? I'm happy to share why I wanted it. And please, Jason, I would love to know what it would be like when you were making this journey, this transition, when you were wasting the money, similar to me, we were both wasting money. We we've had to go through this. What was it like to get that raise when you started doing these practical things? What did that feel like? What did that look like?
1: So, yeah, that's really interesting. So When you obviously clicked on this and you're watching this in the workshop for a reason, right, that you want that 10% raise and your reason is obviously different than my reason and my reason is different than my neighbor's reason and all that. And I think that's one of the things that when we say, what do I want extra money for? We have something in our minds of what that's going to be. It could be, I want to get out of debt because I have too much debt around my neck. It could be, I want to go on vacation for the first time in 10 years because I never get to go on vacation. It could be my car is a piece of garbage and I want to upgrade that car to something that's more reliable. It could be anything. What is your reason for wanting that 10% increase in your uh, financial situation? And you have to determine what that is for you. And so for me, what that was, was I always was good with money, or at least I thought I was good with money because I saved, I, I was diligent and I saved money, but I was constantly living paycheck to paycheck. And it was like, I don't know how I I think I'm good with money when I just keep spending all this money. And I didn't realize until I, I figured out that I was a, a spender instead of a saver. I just, wrote off like, I'm a saver because I save money, but I saved money so that I could spend it. So I would save a bunch of money. And then it would just go out the door because I would buy a car or a TV. I was big into electronics. I did a whole deal, you know, musician buying drum sets. And, and, you know, I did all these things and I was like, gosh, I am truly, am struggling with money. And I was kind of tired of that. And so that was my tipping point of, you know what? I need to change some things. And that's where it's like, oh, if I knew this back then, It was like, okay, this is how I could give myself a raise, become more efficient, be uh, more organized so that I can make progress toward the other goals, the bigger goals, the more important goals that I had in my life that I just didn't know how to do this. And this is one of the reasons why you, Mike, Mike and I are putting together this workshop and we have our membership and the whole deal so that we can help people make progress toward the goals that are really important to them. So that's one of the things for me was I just was tired. Of living paycheck to paycheck and having debt and payments and the whole deal it was like I make too much money to be this broke. Right. And that's one of the famous lines that we have out there. And and so that's something that really, really hit me of oh, I if I can become more efficient, then I'll feel better about my financial situation. What about you? What about you? What's your journey? Thank you, Jason.
0: That's amazing. And I've been on this financial journey for 15 years. Uh, And it continues to change. And every season, it has been something different. When I first got started, I thought I wanted to be saving and investing more. But what I learned was I actually needed to get out of debt. I wanted to give myself a raise to get out of debt. And I focused there. I was out of debt within two years. Then that shifted into saving and investing. And then that shifted into giving even more. That shifted into traveling. So right now, I'm actually coming to you inside of my RV here, this photo here, a venture that is the life that I live. That's my ideal life with my wife and I, and just know that your journey is going to change your financial journey. The seasons are going to have different focuses over time, because there's one thing that coach Jason and myself will tell you is things change. They always are changing. That is the consistent thing. That's always going to happen. And for you and how we go or what we were going to teach you is where you are in your journey. So all the things that I listened, we dive into those in detail. So what Jason, I want to share with you is, well, what is, what are those steps for you to follow of where you are on your journey?
1: The first step to, so to recap where, um, why your 10% raise? Why do you want that 10% raise It's kind of where you start. Like we want you to envision that. Why did you click this video? Why are you watching this workshop, right? What does that look like for you? And then on top of that, what are you going to do with that money? And this is kind of what Mike was just sharing is well, you might want to get out of debt, or you might want to buy a different car, or you might want to, you know, uh, save for a down payment on a home, or you might want to go on vacation. Like, what are you wanting to do with that extra 10%? And so you you start with that why, and then you go into a, well, what would I do with that? And we're going to go through the how in the next couple of videos. And <clears throat> that's, that's kind of where we want you to start is just to take a few moments to do that. And we'll recap this at the end as well. Uh, so you got to figure that out. And if you just kind of blow through this, it's not going to work for you. You really have to take a little bit of time in order to figure out why you're doing this. And then what is it that you're going to spend that extra money when you do know how, because we can teach you that how. So, Mike, yeah, go ahead now and walk us through this, what we call the five steps to financial freedom.
0: So I'm sharing my screen now, and it is around the five steps to financial freedom that both Jason and me have followed. Now, number one is having that starter emergency fund. Now, let's just say that you've just beginning out life. you, You live in paycheck to paycheck. You don't have any money in your account. Just know it's okay. Both Jason and I have been there. And when we want you to do is to m- have a minimum of a thousand dollars setting aside for that starting emergency fund, but with a maximum of one month of expenses, right? So in between that range, everything, everyone is uh, um, variable. Everyone has a different reason, but we wanna have a minimum of a thousand and a maximum of one month expenses
1: yeah and the reason and again
0: we dive into detail in all of these inside of the membership
1: yeah and the reason why you might want to think well why are you limiting us to a one month of expenses the reason why we limit that is because if you're saving too much in here initially you're not going to be able to do the other things that we want you to do in order to create that Path to financial freedom. So we limit you here to create a little bit of that urgency so that you don't have too much savings in there initially. So you don't do the other things, which we're going to talk about right now.
0: Yep. So again, minimum and maximum, which takes you to step number two, and that is to permanently pay off all of your debt, except for your mortgages. So this includes your car notes, your student loans, credit cards, family loans, anything of that nature. We want to get you out of debt. And again, what Jason was saying, why do we want you to do that? Because we want you to start living your ideal life and reach financial freedom even faster. And these are the steps that have allowed Jason and me to get there. It is the fastest way to to get to reach financial freedom and live your ideal life.
1: Yeah. The other I'll, I'll chime in too here on the debt. And a lot of people have argued about good debt and bad debt. And we had another video on this. So you can go check that out on our YouTube channel. But the reason why we say paying off all of these debts is because debt always brings risk into your life. It always does, no matter if it's a small risk or a medium risk or a large risk, it always brings risk. And we're not going to tell you to, you know, how to live your life, but we're just saying here is the best way for you to have this ideal life that we're talking about. So that's the reason why uh, getting rid of your debt will help you, again, give yourself that raise because when you don't have those payments going out, then you actually get to keep more of your money so that you can do the things that you really want to do, which is live your ideal life. So that's why debt is the second thing on this list.
0: And also no, they're in order for a reason. We want you to go steps one, two, three, four, not one, four, three, two, right? We want you to go in order. So yeah. after you get all of your debt paid off, you're going to go to number three, and that is having a fully funded emergency fund. Now you're going to go back to your start emergency fund, and you're going to beef that up to three to six months of your expenses.
1: Yeah, and Mike, share a little bit about why we would have a three to six month emergency fund just sitting in cash. This is what we recommend, sitting in cash when you could be investing that money or you could be, well, I've got a credit card. So why would I need an emergency fund? Like some of those arguments that we've had are those reasons that people don't understand why we're teaching it, that they should have the emergency fund not invested, but in cash in the bank.
0: Yeah, this is great. I really love this subject because I through my financial journey, I remember not going against, I actually went against these rules and to pay off all of my debt. I went below a thousand dollars. I was like, I'll be fine. I got a week until my paycheck. I'll, everything's going to be all right. Except for I ended up playing basketball and fracturing my elbow. I didn't know that was coming. Right. And this is what the emergency fund is for all of the things that we do not know that is coming. Luckily, I, it wasn't, it was just enough for me to get through, but that was an expense. I didn't count on that week. I had to go to get a doctor and x-rays and all this other stuff. I did not count on that. And that's what the emergency fund is for. Let's give some more extreme examples. Let's go. And I want to talk to those people that say, I have a credit card for emergencies. Why do I need to, I have a credit card. Well, let's say that your investments go down, the stock market goes down, the same week that you lose your job, the same week that your daughter just goes into the hospital because she has an illness she can't fix. All of these things happen in the same week. Well, using a credit card to cover those expenses is the exact worst time to go further into debt. And if you had that money, three to six months of expense, if you had that cash in the bank, you don't have to worry. You can focus on your daughter's health. You can focus and, and be a better person when you are doing an interview process of getting a new job. right? All of these things, you can weather the storm three to six months. That's why we have the emergency fund.
1: Yeah. And like Mike said, there's so many different instances that we can rattle off. I and mean, we've been doing this a long time. We've met with hundreds and hundreds of people you know, through our, our careers. And we have come into contact with people who have tried to manipulate this system or to get around these basic principles of finance thinking they're going to be the ones to beat the system. They're the ones that are it's not going to happen to. But you just can't beat these odds. It's just inevitable. You will discover something, something will happen in your life that you don't expect. I don't care how much money you have, I don't care how little money you have, I don't care what kind of job you have, I don't care where you live emergencies happen that you cannot foresee. Now we can potentially uh, reduce some of those emergencies by taking care of our car so it doesn't break down, right? Changing the oil. And we can do some of these other things like taking care of our bodies so that we don't get sick as often and and some of those things. But you just can't can't protect yourself from everything. And so we have to have this backup in case, uh, not that if these things are happening, but when they are going to happen because they will happen and you just have to prepare and that's one of those things like these are t- the types of stuff that bankrupt people and the risk that you say of I don't want to keep my money in the bank or I have a, a credit card for emergencies or I need to invest this money instead of sitting it uh, letting it sit there, all of those like potential upsides, there's always a significantly harder downside when it comes to all of this stuff. so, Whether you're on the three-month side or the six-month side is going to depend on your situation, but you have to have some kind of cash in the bank ready and accessible that's not at risk uh, in order to cover this, this kind of thing that happens to literally everybody on the planet. You just can't avoid it.
0: Yeah, and there's one more thing that I want to add here that I've learned by having female clients and being married for a period of time is that men, I'm talking to you, women have a gland a safety gland that we do not possess, right? Back to my story of when I fractured my elbow, I thought I would be okay going below these rules of $1,000. Come to find out, I wasn't. My risk meter was broken. So women possess that safety gland. They actually feel very comfortable having money, cash available in the bank. And it's even more so when they have children, right? So if you have kids running around, this becomes even more important. So even if you men don't really see the point of doing three to six months saved, do this for your, per- your partner, do this for the women in your life.
1: Yeah, that's great. Okay. Right.
0: I think that's a, I think that's enough on, on the Man. first three steps. Again, these yeah. go in order one, two, three, yep. once you're done with that four and five can be done together. Number four is to save and invest 10 to 20% towards your future. Now, this could be in retirement or bridge accounts. And again, with the minimum and the maximum we recommend. So we minimally, we want you to do 10% and maximally 20%. Now, why? Well, we want to have some money set aside for when you hit retirement age, right? in your 60s or older. And we don't want you to put more than 20% because we want you to get that house paid off. Because imagine, just sit there, imagine what that would feel like. You have a million dollars in retirement and you don't have a house payment. Guess what? You get to do anything you want. You get to start living your ideal life and reach financial freedom even sooner.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's really, that's really good. And obviously, Mike said, you know, do you do number four and number five? you know, simultaneously. And the reason why we do, again, that we limit you on that upside because we do have other goals that we want to do, right? That you could literally put 50% of your income into investments and you'd have a ton of investments, but that's going to take you a bunch of years. What are you doing with your life in the middle of that, in your 30s, in your 40s, in your 50s? You're probably, if you're putting 50% of your income, unless you're a super high earner, you're probably not living your ideal life. Because you're spending all of, or you're saving all of your money instead of spending some money. Again, we're counterculture. We want you to spend money. We want you to spend money like crazy, but only on the things that one you can afford, and two that are uh, that match with your value system. We want you to have an amazing life and to see all the things you want to see and to do the things that you want to do and to enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. We want you to do that. So if you're putting too much money into your savings and investing, you're not able to live the life that you really want. And controversially, if you are uh, putting too little money, then you're living your life now, but then you're setting yourself up for failure in the future because you're not going to have enough to sustain this lifestyle. So that's why we have this range in there for you. And then paying off your house early, obviously, is self-explanatory. The sooner that you get that house paid off, the more money you get to keep because your expenses your expenses. Are the the house is the, the most expensive thing in your life most likely, and if you have that gone, gosh, you're going to be really, really getting to live a lot of good years because you don't have that huge, huge, huge expense, especially in an economy that our housing prices are are so astronomically high right now.
0: Yeah, and the final thing is to celebrate, right? Not only celebrate hugely when you complete all these five steps, but throughout the journey, celebrate. By paying off that smallest debt, celebrate and make sure you can afford it. Right? So when you're in number two, step number two, you're going to celebrate by going on a picnic. Right? You're going to celebrate by giving your best friend a high five. You're going to celebrate smallly, But once you pay off all of your debt, you get to go celebrate, go celebrate with your significant other. Go and spend $400 on a dinner, right? Celebrate these things as you go. And especially when you get pay off your house, man, take your whole family on a cruise, hmm. right? Celebrate big.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that is the the five steps to financial freedom. And again, that's just the basic foundation uh, on the principles that we, we teach here. And so as we transition to concluding this first video in the workshop, Mike, what are some action steps that we can do? Because we kind of covered a lot of stuff and we laid out a bunch of uh, principles what can somebody do that's watching here? Like, okay, I, I like this idea. I like this philosophy. What can I do? What do I need to do right now in order to prepare for how to give myself a 10% raise in 30 days without having to work extra hours? Like, how do I do that? What is the first thing that I need to do um, before we teach them tomorrow and the next day of what's going to happen and how exactly do you need to uh, set yourself up here?
0: Yes. So exactly exactly. What Jason's saying is the action steps that we want you to do is to physically write, pen and paper, physically write out why you want the 10% raise. Not why your sister or your mom or your partner, none of that. Why do you want that 10% raise? And what would you do with it if you got it today? Right? Remember the five steps to financial freedom? After you write down why you want to do it, what would you do specifically with that? And the reason that we get you to do that is because we want to make sure that you are talking to your subconscious. We want to go deeper than intellectually. We want to make sure that these things do happen. And if we don't write things down, our thoughts will change, right? Our goalposts will continue to move, right? If you, have the, if you have the goal of reaching a million bucks and then you get there and they're like, oh, no, I need two million. Uh, then I get there and then you need five, right? That's just a big example. But if you write down what you want and why you want it, then you'll be able to measure. And it's going to be extremely important for the next two videos as well.
1: Yeah, that's really good. Okay, so... uh... Kind of a teaser into what you're going to see in the next two videos is the the action items, the steps, process, the step by step. So, in our next video, what we're going to do is we are going to show you in this journey, right? If you're going to give yourself that 10% increase in, in your financial situation, we need to know where we're starting from. So, if you're going on a journey, like for example, and you wanted to go to a different city in a different state or a different country or whatever, you would put in that destination, but where are you starting from? Are you starting from this town or this city or this street or this house? You don't know where you're starting from. So how are you going to get there? You need to have that starting point. And so in the next video, we are going to establish that starting point by saying, okay, here's where I am now. Here's what we're calling a financial snapshot. This is a snapshot of where I am currently. And then, of course, we just talked about where you want to go. So in this video, you looked at what where you want to go. In the next video, we're going to say, OK, where's our starting point? And then we're going to do, uh, bridge it together in video number three of here's exactly how you paint that route in order to get from point A to point B. So we're going to do the financial snapshot, and then we're going to look at what's what's coming in our income uh, tracker so that we can track where our income is going, how much do we have coming in, what do we have disposable income versus set uh, bills and such. And then we've got our expenses as well. So we're gonna talk through our uh, starting point, our expenses and our income, and then we're gonna be able to track exactly what our route's gonna be to get to the point that we just thought of, here's why I want to do that 10% and here's what I'm gonna do with that.
0: Look forward to seeing you in the next video.